How many of you know what May the 19th of this year was? Anybody know? Just raise your hand if you know. All right. Uh, Somewhat important date. It was Pentecost. And oftentimes when we hear the name or the word Pentecost, there is an immediate response, an immediate memory of what that day means to us as believers. But what I would like to do is share with you a little bit this morning about the importance of that day, Pentecost. Would you open your Bibles again to that portion that uh, Pastor Luke read a little bit ago in Luke chap- or pardon me, Leviticus chapter 23? And we're given some information uh, concerning all of the feasts of Israel. These feasts that are listed for us here in this chapter mean much more than the mere gathering for a celebration among the people of Israel. And they mean far more than just the recognition of the events that these matters are uh, celebrating. For example, uh, we're very familiar with Passover. And we understand that what was pictured in the the Passover meal was essentially the, the deliverance and the freedom that God gave to the children of Israel from their enslavement in Egypt. When you go to some of the other celebrations that the Israelites followed, there are other messages that are communicated through those to the people of Israel. But for us, and and what we would hope that Jewish individuals would recognize, is that all of these feasts pointed in one direction. All of the celebrations pointed in one direction. They all pointed to the person of Christ. When we recognize the celebration of the Passover, which we had the opportunity uh, in having the Seder meal explained to us and what was implied with the, the Seder meal. We know that that was pointing to the offering of the perfect Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb who would give Himself as the final sacrifice for our sins and the one who would shed His blood on the cross for the cleansing of our sins, not for the covering of them, but for the cleansing of them. And he would give his body as that lamb in sacrifice for the, the, uh, the justification of the believer and for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. And we remember that Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples on the same day that he was arrested. But there were things that followed that that become very, very important to us. What had happened on the days immediately following the celebration of the Passover involved what became known as the Feast of... Well, it it was the Feast of First Fruits. And they gave rise to another feast that became known as the Feast of weeks. 
Now, what I would like to do is kind of take you on a bit of a journey through the mind of a, a, of a Jewish individual so that we can see what's going on here. Would you go back to the portion that was read, or, or actually the, the verses immediately preceding that, where in verse 9 of Leviticus chapter 23, we read this, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Now you'll notice that this is now a record of what the Israelites are to do following the Passover. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hin. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now, having said that, In your minds, put this flow of events together. There is the observance of the Passover. Jesus had gathered with his disciples to observe the Passover, and when the meal had been completed, and when they had partaken together of those symbols of what would be the representations of the sacrifice that Christ would offer in taking of the cup that represented his shed blood, of eating of the unleavened bread that would be his body that was given in sacrifice. They then went into the garden where Jesus prayed. As you know, the soldiers came, they arrested him. The next day he was placed on trial and he was crucified. He was crucified on one of the days of the celebration of what is called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The leaven, as you know, represents sin in the Old Testament. But now, this particular celebration involved unleavened bread. When that celebration was coming to a close... On the first day of the week, which would be Sunday, the Sabbath, Friday the crucifixion, the Sabbath is remaining in the grave, but on the first day of the week, that was when the celebration of first fruits took place. The Israelites did not grasp this, but we get it. Jesus rose from the dead as the first fruits of those who slept and who will sleep in the grave. So you have this celebration of first fruits that becomes an incredible event for the Israelites. From the day previous to that, in the verses that Pastor Luke read, we are told this, that 50 days, 49 days, 7 Sabbaths, plus a day later, would become the day of another celebration, the Feast of Weeks. It was to recognize the fulfillment of the harvest that had taken place by offering the first fruits of three different items. 
the feast of first fruits that began right after the resurrection of Christ and the, the celebration of the Passover, that was the harvest of barley. Partway through, or pardon me, the harvest of grain. That's where I was hesitating. The harvest of grain. Partway through this next 50-day period came the harvest of barley, and at the end of the 50-day period came the harvest of wheat. When that 50-day period ended, there was a grand celebration. There were only three events that drew the people of Israel together to the city of Jerusalem. The first being the Passover. The second being the Feast of Weeks. And the third being the Feast of Tabernacles, which was a celebration of the children of Israel as they were set free and as they wandered in the wilderness. It was a recognition of God's provision and so forth. But on those three occasions, the children of Israel were brought back to the city of Jerusalem for the purpose of celebrating these feasts, all of which pointed to the person of Christ. In the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Jesus rose on that day as the resurrected sacrificial lamb with no sin of his own so that he could pay for our sin through his sacrifice. But 50 days later, there was a change in the offering that was given And we read about that in Leviticus 23. And the change was this. When the first fruits of the grain, the barley, and the wheat were brought to the temple, they were offered as a wave offering before the Lord along with the sacrifice of certain animals. And the the, the sacrifices are identified for us there. So that there would be this incredible sacrifice on behalf of the people, but that recognized that there would be a payment coming for their sin that would be the ultimate payment where sacrifice would never have to be offered again for the cleansing of our sins. But along with the animals, two loaves of bread, two, both baked with leaven, Something is being pictured for us. When the perfect sacrifice was offered, he was offered symbolically through the partaking of unleavened bread because there was no sin of his own. But now, 50 days later, the sacrifice is calling to himself people from two groups, Jew and Gentile, both corrupted by sin, but having that sin paid for through the sacrifice of Christ, and bringing together into one body both Jew and Gentile. Jesus had worked with the disciples for 40 days following his resurrection. Then he told them, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. And I will send another in my place 
to give you the power you need to be your teacher, to be your guide, to be your comforter. I will not leave you comfortless. And he gives them this message of hope in John chapter 14. Then when we come to Acts chapter 1, we are told this. The disciples didn't have to wait very long for that promise to be fulfilled. Ten days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God descended upon the disciples and began to work through them, delivering a message of hope that would go to all the nations, that would bring together peoples that were very different. As a matter of fact, would you turn please in your Bible to the book of Ephesians, the second chapter. In Ephesians chapter 2, as you're turning, I'm going to begin reading. So listen carefully, beginning at verse 11. Therefore remember that you... Once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one. At the end of the celebration of the Feast of Weeks was when the people could consume the loaves of bread as they enjoyed a fellowship dinner together. And they would invite strangers, they would invite poor people, and they would invite the Levites all to gather together for a common meal that they would eat together at the conclusion of this Pentecost celebration. It was on that day that the Spirit of God applied the benefits of the death of Jesus Christ as the Spirit of God brought regeneration to the hearts of thousands of people who on that special day had been directed by God from centuries before to gather in Jerusalem for the celebration of this great event and the church was born. There's no more division. We are one body. This is my body which is given for you. We are cleansed by the same sacrifice. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. These feasts were not mere celebrations. They were arrows. And those arrows all pointed to Jesus Christ and to what he did for us. Not only through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, but through the power of his Holy Spirit who gives new life and baptizes us into the body of Jesus Christ so that now we are the body of Christ. We're the ones who carry the message. We're the ones who testify to the Savior. And it's all wrapped up in these sacrifices, in these celebrations, 
in these feasts that the Lord brought to the people of Israel. Listen as we read on. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so that as to create in himself one new man from the two. The two loaves now becoming united, thus making peace and that and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. When we celebrate the Lord's table, it is really a declaration that is somewhat similar to what God called the people of Israel to do. I want you to think about what I've done for you in the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to see Him in His perfection. The first fruits represented in the unleavened bread. And then 50 days later, the sending of His Holy Spirit so that all of the benefits that came through the one who is the first fruits, the cleansing of sin, the regeneration, giving us a new life, placing us into his body, so that before the Father we appear in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, all represented through the celebration of Pentecost, that this year fell on May the 19th. And we didn't know. We, we don't think about that. But think how important that day was. It was the day followers of Jesus Christ became His body. Today, we remember Him who gave His body in sacrifice for our sins, who shed His blood so that we could be cleansed. And we do this to the praise of His glory. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege it is to gather around these elements and to recognize that from the centuries past, You symbolized through the observances of the people of, <clears throat> of Israel the very work that You intended to accomplish through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We are so thankful for Him. We are thankful that today, as part of His body, we can declare the glories of Him who gave Himself for us so that through His sacrifice, we can be completely forgiven. We can be granted the eternal life that You give freely by Your grace. And we can live with the hope of being in Your presence for all eternity. Thank you, Father, for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.